The Admissions Club was created as a soft place to land for students and families going through what can be a particularly stressful time in one's life, the college admissions journey. Hi, I'm your host, Elizabeth West, and this podcast will feature inside information from my 10 years of college admissions experience and 25 years in higher education. Episodes are sprinkled with 80s nostalgia to connect with your students during that turbulent time we all experienced. We will learn together in fun and engaging conversations with guests who are key players in higher education and admissions, or they could be someone just like you going through the process of admissions. Whether you're a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, or a criminal. There's a spot for you in the Admissions Club. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Admissions Club podcast. I am Chris filling in for Elizabeth this week, just giving her a chance to rest a little bit. But I am joined by one of my good friends, an assistant professor of English at CBCC. And we talked together for, I guess, in a full-time capacity for a lot of years or some years anyway. I don't know, Kim, how many years was it? I mean, it was probably like six or seven years before you yeah. kind of went off and did everything else. <laughs> but I still teach part time yeah. at CP. So we're, you know, we're still colleagues in that regard. Um, but Kim, do you want to introduce yourself? Just anything about your background? And um, yeah, so I'm an assistant professor of English at Central Piedmont. Um, I've also taught at SUNY Oswego, where I went to school. Um, and in a lot of other different settings. But yeah, I'm from Syracuse, New York originally, and, and I have experience in the SUNY school system and then moved down to Charlotte, which was very interesting to see how the state school system here, in my opinion, very different. Um, right. And so it's been enlightening and just even working at Central Piedmont and meeting students who are thinking of going to New York or, or Colorado even to go to college. And so to kind of hear why they're making these choices and, and is always just interesting to hear from them. So, and I think we've talked about this before. Elizabeth went to, went to SUNY, is it Potsdam? Am I saying yeah. it correctly? And so how yeah. far away is that from us? Is it Oswego or Oswego? It, well, I say Oswego. I don't know. Um, okay. I genuinely have no idea <laughs> where Potsdam is in New York, but I know a handful of people who went there. Um, it's, it's a great school. I just couldn't tell you where it is. As like well, many other SUNY schools, I don't know where they are. Well, and so the I guess to kind of start this conversation, the connection I think that those two schools have, and again, this is someone who's a total novice when it comes to New York State universities, but generally speaking, they both seem to be relatively small in size. I mean, not not massively large. I think Potsdam is smaller than where you went. It might have been. I can't remember. Just before this, I went to the SUNY website and I looked at the enrollment numbers for a variety of SUNY schools because I didn't know that I went to a smaller school, quite honestly, until we started having this conversation. And then when I looked up that SUNY Albany, where I did my grad work, I think their average enrollment is like 17,000. And then oh, another- yeah. And then another SUNY school, SUNY Binghamton, that a friend of mine went to is around 18 to 20,000, a little bit more, I think. So compared to Oswego that has 7,000. And when I looked at it, it was like 8,000 around the year that I graduated. I had no idea, I guess, that there were schools that were, you know, infinitely larger than that by scale. 
Right. And so that's, I mean, Kim and I were kind of chatting this morning before we started recording this about school sizes. And so, you know, likely if you're listening to this and we have national listeners, but if you're listening, you might be familiar with the UNC system. And so a lot of the UNC system schools are larger. I mean, it, you know, there's a variety of options there, but a lot of our students that we work with are thinking about schools like NC State, UNC Chapel Hill, uh, even Appalachian State. And just as an example, I mean, NC State has like 30,000 students, something like that. UNC Charlotte even is close to that. And then where I went to school, East Carolina's got like 28, 27,000, somewhere in that range. So these are like large state universities. And so, you know, not to say that SUNY Oswego is, is small, because I wouldn't say, I mean, it's on the smaller size, but a lot of places define small as being sub 5,000. But I think 7,000 is still kind of moderately small in size. So and I guess I would say like the the history or the the notoriety of SUNY Oswego is that it is a school that people are more likely to get accepted to, um, whether they stay past their first semester or not, you know, right. is is up for debate. But I think that that's I mean, that's what you're going to see. The acceptance rate is obviously going to be less on a school that is smaller. Um, and so I think that 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 plays a, a role in a lot of that experience. Yeah. And so it, it kind of brings me to the first question we were going to talk a little bit about. So, again, for people that are in North Carolina, potentially or elsewhere, who are thinking about going to a large state university versus somewhere that's a little bit smaller in scope. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So you've got that experience. Again, I went to a larger university, so it's a little bit harder to kind of think about the smaller institutions. But um, I was wondering if you could talk just a little bit about on campus life at a smaller college. So thinking about things like residence halls, clubs and organizations, like athletic events, even because that can be a big draw for a larger college, like going to college football games, all that kind of stuff. So just curious about your experience as an undergraduate student with that sort of thing. When I was thinking about this question, and I haven't thought necessarily about my campus life in a long time. Um, so it was nice to, to think about it a little bit. <laughs> I can confidently say I knew the name of every building on campus. I may not have gone into every building or every dorm, but I knew what every building was or what it did. Uh, yeah. And I think about that in comparison to UNC Charlotte, where my sister went, that has about 30,000 students. And I've been on that campus and I, I can't imagine there's a student there that knows every <laughs> building. I mean, that's a huge campus. So it was helpful, I'll say, in navigating the campus, but I also just felt like it created a closer community because of how familiar we were. There was never anything you were going to mention, like, hey, meet me at Scales, or I'm going to Oneida, that someone would go, where's that? What do you mean? How do I get there? We would always know where that was and have some frame of reference for it. So even academically, socially, I think it just created this familiarity with the campus uh, that I think was helpful because I always knew where I was going. I never felt lost. Um, so that that was definitely the first sort of observation I had. Yeah. And even with residence halls, like, again, I knew all of them, but we still had options. It wasn't right. like, oh, you only have this group of residence halls to pick from. They were their own little communities and you knew which residence halls were the party halls and which one were the freshmen only. And I lived in the global learning community. So it was a nicer residence oh, cool. hall. Yeah. And so you you had those sort of identities, but it took you five minutes to walk to the other one. It wasn't like you never interacted with those people. And, and that was probably what I noticed most about that campus life is you were going to interact with people 
that you may never have interacted with before. And then you could also see them again. It wasn't like you were going to meet someone and then never talk to them again. You might see them at another party or in your class. And, and so again, it was this recognition that you had. Yeah. And so, and I think you've talked about this, or we've just had like, you know, conversation about this over the years, but you were involved in a couple of different like clubs and organizational things, right? Like theater, that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. I was in the theater club. I did, I, and I would say I did some, I did film. I was in the film program and what was nice is that I felt like I knew of all the clubs. There were still plenty of clubs to be involved in. There was a literary magazine. There was a global organization, but it was nice that there was a little overlap sometimes. Like I might know someone from the literary magazine who was also in the improv club or someone from theater. We had a lot of overlap in theater and film, obviously. So you again, were meeting people that you were going to see in another area. And I think it kind of helped you find the people that you had things in common with, but you could also go do something totally different and new. Like my roommate was a math major and just happened to come with me once to like an improv night and, and absolutely loved it. And so there were more opportunities, I think, for people to experience clubs they might not normally experience because that community is a little closer. Yeah, and you're so I'm gonna brag on you a little bit, Kim. You're a screenwriter, and I know you've had recently a screenplay that's won a couple of awards, yeah. I think, right? So yeah. did, would you say that these experiences sort of fed into your love of screenwriting and sort of being in that environment or yes, I would because and I, I can't speak obviously for all schools, but I will say the programs that I was in and the school that I was at, because it was smaller, there were so many more opportunities for students to lead the projects. Like I produced and directed a play without any instructor help because we had the space, we had the opportunities, we did tons of student films on the weekends. So we had not just the facilities and the support, but we had the people that we could do it with. And so there were a lot of times that we were off creating complete projects by ourselves because we we could do that on our campus. It wasn't right. like we were competing with all these other people all the time for space or equipment. And our professors, like we knew them by first name. I'm Facebook friends with the majority of people that I had as professors in my undergrad because they were fueling a lot of that, that passion and they wanted to work with you one-on-one to get you started and give you feedback. And again, because we didn't have 30,000 students, we only had 7,000 students. It was a lot easier to do that. Yeah. And so really this kind of feeds into my next question, which I think you've pretty thoroughly addressed, but you know, the question was in general, what would you say are the biggest benefits of attending a university? That's not like a major, you know, huge state university. I think you've kind of addressed that, but I mean, is there anything else that just comes to mind that you would say stands out as being kind of a big benefit? I mean, I, I it is, it is, it's the community and the people. And I, I think it's important to establish like the difference between a major state university versus like a, a smaller private. Cause I think private and public play a big part. If this, if you're going to a smaller private university versus a smaller public university, I think your experience is going to be a lot different because one of my favorite things about my college was the diversity and that the people that I got to meet just on the floor of my dorm were all so different 
and from completely different socioeconomic backgrounds with different majors mm -hmm. and different interests. And I don't know how much you'll get that at a private university and also at a much larger institution where I think they try to kind of group you with your people. Um, and I was very much not grouped with my people. And I found my people. I still had my time with my theater and my writing, but the friends I had in my dorm, none of us had the same majors. And yeah, so we had dinner with every night. And so that was the best part. That's yeah. And so I guess the next question, you know, and it's kind of hard to talk about, like, you know, if you've never had the experience of being at like a really big university, it's kind of hard to sort of theorize, I guess, about potential drawbacks. But what would you say? I mean, if you think about drawbacks at being somewhere that's maybe not, you know, really, really big, it's a little bit smaller. Is there anything that just comes to mind and stands out for you at all? There is. And it's something I've thought a lot about, especially meeting people like you who have this, I'll say, loyalty to your your college. You know, I <laughs> that's know a good word for it. Yeah. You have shirts that say ECU, yeah. your car has a sticker that says like, I know where you went to school. I don't think anybody knows where I went to school because nobody knows SUNY Oswego. It's not a name that I can throw around that people are going to be like, I've heard of that. So I do think you are sort of sacrificing that brand recognition. I think there are a lot of people that go to these very big, well-known universities because they want to say they went to this school and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I think you're going to have more networking opportunities. You're probably going to have more school spirit. And I, I, I think I, I wish I had more of that. Like I, I want to have a memory of going to like a crazy sports game with all these people and we all have this thing in common and we care about it. And, <laughs> and I, we had hockey games. We were a big hockey school. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But you guys have basketball, you had basketball. I, would assume, I too, genuinely right? could not tell you. If we had basketball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know we had hockey. We were a big hockey school. <laughs> it's funny you're saying that. And this is totally a tangent, but my kids are really starting to enjoy hockey because of the Charlotte checkers. Like we've gone to a few games recently and they, they love that. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, and you I guess you kind of touched on this also, but the next question was about your major. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, just kind of tell me what your major was and just sort of your general experience with your classes you were taking your professors as you sort of went from freshman year to senior year, all of that kind of stuff. So I went in as a theater major because that's what my friend was. And I only went to that school because that's where my friend was because I didn't want to go to college. <laughs> um, so I went and I will say I very quickly learned I did not want to have that major. And I think I was able to learn that because I knew everyone in my department immediately. I mean, within the first week of classes, we have a department meeting and I can see everyone you had a department meeting for, for your majors, like in, yes. in your, that's awesome. Like we totally didn't have that. Oh yes. I mean, there was yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Meeting, the first week of classes, all the instructors were there. All the students in the theater department were there. You knew everyone, but then you knew what classes you were going to have to take. And I was like, I don't want to do scene design. So I'm out. So then I very quickly changed to film, which again was a smaller department. I knew all those instructors, you knew everyone in it. So I was able to make a lot of those changes because you knew everyone. It was very apparent who was involved in that discipline. Um, and then I would say that in that major itself, again, there was a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. Like you knew 
your professors and they worked with you on projects. You knew about their lives. Like I literally yeah. let my professor's kid borrow my iPod one day when she had to bring her kid to class because I have the high school musical soundtrack and her kid liked high school musical, obviously. Um, and so I think those relationships were a lot different and maybe it was the field like writing and theater and film. were all, I don't know, maybe a little more laid back than other disciplines. Yeah. But there was definitely a stronger sense of who was involved and who you could go to. And if this was the right choice for you or not, because you, you knew right away. Yeah. And it's funny what you're describing is actually kind of reflective of what I experienced in my master's degree, which I mean, you know, like when you get to grad school, things are a little bit more tightly knit because you're in a, a smaller kind of field of study, so to speak. And, I, and I'm just curious. So I don't want to go too far off the beaten path here, but would you say that's true of your grad school experience too, or not as much? Absolutely not. I had the opposite experience. <laughs> I had the opposite experience in grad school. I felt like my grad school experience should have been my undergrad because all of my classes felt like samplings in the English discipline. And my undergrad was so focused on writing courses. Like I was studying playwriting and screenwriting every day during my undergrad. That's what I was doing. And in my graduate, it was like, hey, history of English literature, cultural rhetoric. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I, I am not friends with a single person from my graduate program. I couldn't tell you the name of a single instructor from my graduate program. Totally opposite. That, so, and just remind me, where did you go to grad school, Kim? SUNY Albany, which is the bigger school. SUNY okay, Albany right. has at least 10,000 more students than SUNY Oswego. And I couldn't tell you anything about that school. That's really interesting. Um, okay, well, th but those are good insights. And so I guess just to kind of draw the conversation to a close somewhat, um, so you, let's just sort of think about it from the perspective of a high school student who's looking at different colleges and they're trying to weigh the pros and cons of potentially attending an institution that maybe doesn't have a huge enrollment. Um, I mean, would do you have any advice about what to think about when looking at colleges and keeping those things in consideration? You have to know who you are and you don't know that yet. Like, quite honestly, you don't. You'll know it once you graduate college because that's what happened with me. But I will say I was not really excited to go to college. I definitely got homesick more than I thought I would. Hmm. And I only I was only an hour away from my home. So I didn't have a car, but it was easy enough for my parents to come get me. And I did go home a lot. And so it was hard for me my first semester being away. I think I was able to figure it out eventually because there were less people and I could find ways to fit in and acclimate. I do not know if I was at a larger school, if I ever would have really done that. if Or if I would have just gone to my classes, got my degree and said goodbye. Um, so I think if you're someone that, you know, like you, you walk into a room and you make friends immediately, I don't think that that's going to matter as much to you because I think right. at a larger school, you'll find your tribe, you'll find your people. But if you're someone who at the time, like me, was a lot more introverted and didn't really feel comfortable with new people. I think that less enrollment is probably going to be a benefit because it's going to allow you to break out a little bit more and you can always transfer. Like if it's not, it's not working out, my friend right. transferred from a smaller school to a larger school because that's what she wanted. So you can always change your mind. <laughs> 
That is a great point. And I will say a lot of students forget about that. Like I, you know, again, as someone who worked in admissions, I spoke with students frequently who were at one college and decided that they want to transfer somewhere else just because it wasn't working out. And it's totally okay to do that. Elizabeth and I have talked about that in a couple of podcasts in the past, but I think people get so dead set on this is the place for me. It's 100% going to work out. The reality is that's not always true. I mean, it just doesn't work out that way for everybody, but and that's good information. Yeah. An experience that is memorable. I, 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 maybe I shouldn't say this as a college professor, but I don't think college is there just to get a degree. Like, I think you go to figure out who you are. 100%. You, yeah. Yeah. If you go to a school and you feel like you're drowning because there's too many people and you're not connecting, transfer somewhere smaller. And if you feel like you're at a school where you figured it out too soon and, and you know everything and nothing's appealing to you, then Go somewhere bigger. So you have the options. Use them. Don't waste your time. Yeah, I 100% agree. So that's that's really good information, Kim. Um, well, just generally speaking, anything else to leave listeners with? I mean, anything else that stands out that you would want to just sort of leave as a last drop it in the bucket with this conversation? I would say do more research. I, again, didn't want to go to college. I didn't go on a single college tour. I didn't look into you didn't Anything. do a single college tour at all. Nope. The, I, the school I went to, I had gone to before on a high school trip. So okay. I knew it because of that. Never well, went to another campus ever. And I'm saying that as if like I went on a ton of tours. I literally only went to ECU one time. It Well, so, okay, the background for me really briefly is my mom went there. I grew up going there. So like I kind of knew that's where I wanted to go. But it's very similar in that it was about an hour from my house. Like I didn't want to be super far away from home. But I wanted to be somewhere bigger. But I also grew up in a really small town. And I don't that I don't know how much that plays into people's decisions that like I just wanted to be somewhere that had a lot of different types of people available. And, do, and just remind me, did you grow up in a smaller town or was it somewhere a little bit larger? I wish I knew. Um, I <laughs> I mean, I, I consider it a smaller town, um, but I feel like there were still a lot of people. I never like I mean, I always wanted to leave Syracuse, New York because it's Syracuse, New York. But I felt I never felt like, man, my school is so small. I need to be around more people. I was OK with yeah. the amount of people that were there. But I'm sure that plays a role. But I, I think if I cared more about college or, or looking back, maybe I should have, I didn't realize that that was a small school, only 7,000 students. And I, I can't even imagine now going to a school with 30,000 students. To me, that seems almost impossible. And I know they exist, but I'm like, what? So I, I think it's important to even just look at those numbers because I do think it's going to give you a sense of what that experience could be like based on who you are. And that right. can always change but i i think i i have no idea what it would have looked like if i had gone to a much bigger school and i'm very glad now that i did not i think that that experience worked out perfectly for me with the amount of students at that school it's a perfect number for me awesome okay well kim I always appreciate chatting with you um, and I appreciate all of your insight when it comes to sort of your college experience and just things that you're sharing with everybody. We will be back next week with our, with another interview. Um, and it may be Elizabeth. It may be me. We'll get that worked out for the next week, but I appreciate everybody tuning in and we will chat again soon. Thank you for listening to the admissions club podcast. Be sure to check out our admissions club playlist on Spotify for all of those Gen X vibes. If you're looking for one-on-one -on -one coaching on the college admissions process, my company EWC Consulting can help. Email me at elizabeth at 
ncewc.com. Check out our website at ncewc.com or follow us on Facebook at ncewc. All of those links are in the show notes. Invite your friends to join the club. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Can't wait to see you in our next episode.